Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, the holidays are almost here. Yes, they are. And you know what the perfect gift for the paranormal lover in your life would be this year? A subscription to Real Ghost Stories Online EPP programs? That's exactly right! All right! That's right. You can give the gift that keeps on giving a year-long membership to our EPP podcast. That's the Extra Podcast Person podcast. Every week, that special someone gets an extra episode of Real Ghost stories online and exclusive access to our video content and so much more gee that's swell and keen make the holidays haunted this year and give the gift of ghosts with an epp membership that someone special in your life from real ghost stories online sign up now at realghoststoriesonline.com welcome to real ghost stories online Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, a Michigan woman cannot find privacy in her own home. Who are the pesky ghosts that live in the bedroom? Some friends find that they are the ones being asked the questions via a Ouija board. A couple passes a mysterious hitchhiker that only one of them sees. And a mysterious gypsy continually reappears to two men. Is it a coincidence or is something else at play? Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again... Hello. Hello and welcome. How are you? I am uh I'm 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 over the Halloween uh candy hangover, I guess. Yeah. Or or, or uh, the and it's not really a hangover, it's 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 the missing of the season. Yeah. So I guess it would be kind of a Halloween hangover, you know, it's like yeah, it's so excited and then it's then it's done. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready to, to move on because every day we have Halloween doing this show. So And we changed the decor to Thanksgiving decor today. Exactly. So. so it's, uh, you know, but in, in this office, it will always remain Halloween. So it's, <laughs> no matter what, you can like kind of go, oh, uh, just walk into there and it's suddenly Halloween again. So uh, anyhow, I'm doing well. Uh, if you're not an EPP yet, please sign up to be one. It uh, really does help support our show. If you enjoy the show, you like listening to it. Uh, you can give the gift of being an EPP or just get it for yourself, maybe for a Christmas gift. Five bucks a month, 60 bucks a year. It's up to you, however you want to do it. And uh, your contributions go to keep our show alive. Should we kick off the show with a call or an email today? Spin. Let, let's ask the Ouija. No, let's Fingers do right here. Let's do an email. An email, okay. Uh, this comes to us from Morgan. Morgan writes, "My parents live out on a four-acre property, or on our out on a uh, yeah a four-acre property. I was going to say our four-acre property, but it's a four-acre property out in the county of West Olive, Michigan. There was a trailer on that lot, and in the early 2000s, my parents decided to build a new house there. My mom had been living there since the early 1980s, so we knew that there couldn't have been uh, an old ghost transferring." to the new house. She hadn't had any previous ghost or paranormal experiences there until just a few months after my grandmother had passed. I believe uh, in 2006. At first, it was just little things that happened. The clock at my uh, my grandmother had given my mom would stop at 9 o'clock almost every single night, or almost every single Sunday night. 
we would uh, change the clock to the right time and nothing serious of it. Well, a few months later, it was late. We were all sleeping and we heard a crash coming from the spare bedroom. We got up, went to check the picture that had been hanging at the end of the hallway which was uh, between my room and the spare room, had fallen clean off the wall. And that was a picture that could have not just fallen. I believe heavily in the paranormal and have always suspected that someone in our there was someone in our house, but my dad and mom just kind of uh, shrugged it all off. But then my mom was dyeing her hair in the bathroom upstairs and her vent fan just turned on. It's wired to a different switch than the lights. It happened periodically throughout the next few months, so we had my brother-in-law, who is a certified electrician, come take a look at the connections. Twice he had to come and do this, and both times nothing was wrong with the wiring. To this day, it still turns on, but only when my mom is upstairs getting ready. I and my mother are now convinced my grandmother is checking in on her. She talks to her and makes conversation, and the vent usually turns off. Last year, my aunt died right around this time. A few weeks ago, my mom was home alone and taking a shower when the upstairs toilet flushed. This is a sound you can hear anywhere in the house, especially the shower. My mom got out of the shower, yelled to see if my father had come home and had forgotten something, but no one was there. When she went to finish getting ready, the vent fan upstairs turned on. We were convinced that her sister and mom were there trying to let her know. She's very close to them, and it's nice to know they're still looking out. Thanks for listening. Love your show and listen to it daily. Keep up the good work, Morgan. Could you imagine you couldn't even go to the bathroom? That's one of those places where you hope the ghosts just leave you alone at no matter what. Yeah. Unfortunately, they say that the bathrooms are, and, and we see too often that the bathrooms are one of the most common places for the hauntings to occur. Or, or begin or manifest themselves out of. So you have to assume you got some dead relatives watching you when you shower. I know. Isn't but- that comforting? I have to confess, as a mom, sometimes I take an extra bathroom break every now and then just to get away for five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And most moms <laughs> do this. So I'm I not, had no idea. I'm not even ashamed. You know, dads do it too sometimes. But could you imagine going in there and then you have to deal with something else? It's just... Get uh, away from the kids to go to the ghost kids? Yeah. The ghosts are bugging you. And Yeah. Hang on. Let me go visit my dead relatives. I would think that if, if you are a dead relative and and the bathroom is, is used essentially because it's in a conduit and it, it's where it, you can essentially manifest yourself because of the energy and the water and such, that you'd probably have the courtesy, if you're a good relative, to not watch your, your loved one shower. I don't think you'd really want to watch your loved one shower. It depends or on go how, to the bathroom. how that relationship is. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're a good person. I mean, I mean, if you're like some sort of pervert or something, I suppose, you know, there's that that does <laughs> exist. But I think a majority would be like, no, you go over there. I'm just going to go hang out here in the closet and check out your wardrobe. You know, something like that. I would hope. You would hope. You would hope. But, you know... Yeah, you can't pick and choose. I think who's coming back as a ghost, or if everybody comes back as a ghost, you're inevitably going to get some pretty creepy relatives showing up in your bathroom. Yeah, think of that next time you're on the pot. That sounds great. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. That's the phone number to call into us here at Real Ghost Stories Online to Hi, share your real um, ghost story with us. Let's uh, go to a call now. Hi, um, I love the show. Uh, my name is Melanie. I'm from Ohio. 
Um, I just wanted to call in to tell a really just weird thing that happened to me about six years ago when I was 15 years old. Um, it all started when I was having a sleepover with my best friend at the time. Um, we were just kind of hanging out and she was telling me about this really cute guy at school and I wasn't in his class, but she was. So she was just telling me all about him and she had somehow found his cell phone number that day. So I told her, you know, of course, text him, you know, see what happens. So she did and they were just talking and somehow he mentioned he lived in my neighborhood, which was where we were staying that night. Um, obviously the most logical thing for us that, to us at the time, was of course, sneak out and meet him in the middle of the night. Um, obviously the perfect thing to do for 15 year old girls. Um, so we ended up uh, jumping out my window, which wasn't very high, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, jumping out my window and he told us to meet him on the bridge. And there was only one bridge in the neighborhood, so we knew exactly where to go. Oh, and just a little side note about the story. My best friend at the time was legally blind. I mean, she could see, but barely. So I'm basically the eyes for the story. She, I mean, she didn't see anything that I saw that night. And um, so it's just all me. Um, so anyways, we're walking, going to the bridge, and in the distance I see, standing under the street lamp, um, the street light, what, street lamp, <laughs> um, a silhouette of a boy leaning on it, leaning on the pole, and I go, that's him, I see him, and I see him up there, and she goes, oh God, really? I'm like, yeah, he's right there. And we start running up to him and we go, hey, hey, you know, how's it going? We're running up to him and all of a sudden I see the figure just start running away, just like darting away really fast. And I was like, I told her, I was like, he just ran away. And she's like, nah. So we text him and we're like, what did you just do? Why did you just run away? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just felt like I needed to go run away. I'm in a different part of the neighborhood now. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, that's really weird, but okay. And so he, he told us he was in an, this particular place where there was this huge dumpster. And I had never heard of such a place and I'd been living there for a while. So I was like, I've never heard of this place. And he's like, well, I'm here and I'm behind the dumpster. And he told us how to get there. And it was this really, we followed his directions and we ended up in this very strange part of the neighborhood that I'd never been in. It was all just like under construction. 
and which is very creepy at night where you're walking around and I see this huge dumpster and it must be what he was talking about so I tell her you know there's the dumpster and um we texted him and we're like okay so you're behind the dumpster and he's like yeah come behind the dumpster and we said uh no we're not going behind the dumpster um you're gonna have to come out <laughs> and he said no i'm not coming out you have to come back here and we just kept saying no and we were screaming at the dumpster like come out you know what are you doing back there just come out and it was just so weird and we were mad, like why doesn't he just come out you know it's creepy and what if he was like a creepy person i don't we didn't know this kid and so we just yelled at the dumpster we said we're leaving have fun and behind your dumpster you know and um we started walking back when i saw him walking towards us which didn't make any sense if he was behind the dumpster where he said he was so i assumed he was lying about being behind the dumpster and so i started yelling at him like what are you doing you said you were behind the dumpster you know we were just i was very mad and i was yelling at him like what what kind of a prank is this you know like stop messing with us and i see like i can very clearly see this this figure and it has i can see its shorts like brown shorts i can see all the details in the shorts in the legs but as it like goes up it just is kind of like it fades to black where i can't see any face and it's walking towards us so we start running towards him again like trying to ask him what the heck is he doing and as we walk towards him it just disappears like he literally disintegrates in front mm-hmm. of me and it was just the most terrifying thing and so i grabbed my friend's hand and i said run and we ran and ran and ran and i was just screaming and like freaking out and it was just so scary and we got back in there and i told her everything that i saw and we were just you know cuddled up on the bed just shaking all night and <laughs> i'd be curious to think or to hear what you guys have to say about this but in our 15-year-old brains this is what we came up with we figured that apparently he is he must have some sort of ghostly superpowers <laughs> he must actually be a ghost who's going to to high school with us <laughs> and he obviously is just like Danny Phantom <laughs> so we started calling him Danny Phantom and we were really really scared that night but after that when we saw him at school we would try and talk to him and he would just completely ignore us he never spoke to us ever again and it was just so strange so i don't know it i mean i really doubt that he was danny fandom but um it's possible that i did see a ghost and that he was actually just not even me he probably was just in his house telling us that he was there when he wasn't and what i was seeing was ghosts i don't know um but thanks so much i love the show and i i do have another story which i can call back and share another time thank you 
I'm going to go with she saw a ghost and it wasn't the actual kid. And the kid just thinks that they're crazy now because of uh, because of the incident. Yeah, I think something I'm going to go with something dark this time yeah. uh, caught wind of their plans and started wreaking havoc with them. And the kid's wondering, why the hell are you calling me Danny Phantom? When who the hell is what is Danny Phantom? I don't even know what that is. Is that from a horror movie? Is that from Full House? I don't know. So like what Danny Tanner's evil brother. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> evil Jesse. I'm not up on that. So, so no. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Ashley writes in, in the apartment my sister and I lived in, we had what we uh, like to call a mildly inconvenient ghost. The experiences didn't start up until our second year of living in the apartment. And even then, they are never anything great. Here are a few things that happened in the beginning. We would get home and the door to our dryer would be open, although neither of us had done laundry within the last few days. A container that was put away in the fridge ended up in the middle of our kitchen floor. And sometimes we would arrive home together and a cabinet would open. Just to clarify, we are the only two people with access to the apartment. There are three larger occurrences that happened. One night before I went to sleep, I was all alone in the apartment and I suddenly heard a woman weeping lasted for about 10 seconds before it stopped. Surprisingly, the only reaction to that was to just ignore it and go to sleep. Another time, it was again late at night and I was already in bed when I heard the TV turn on in the living room. So I walked out and turned it off, although it has never done such a thing before. When I got back to the door of my bedroom, suddenly it turned on again. Now this time, I apprehensively turned around and turned off the TV again, only to have it turn on again with me standing right in front of it. Then I promptly unplugged the TV and went back to my room, not to emerge until the next morning. Shortly after this, I got us a new TV, and nothing odd happened with it. The last story happened to my sister. She had just left me in the living room and to go to the shower in her bathroom, which is in her room. Both doors to the bedroom and bathroom were closed, and about ten minutes into her shower, she came out and asking me why I called her. Apparently, she had heard me clearly calling her urgently and insistently while in her bathroom, even though I had been sitting in the living room watching the TV. It should be noted that she has an uncommon name, so she could not have mistaken anything from the TV to be her name. Since we entered the third year of living in the apartment, we haven't had anything else occur, and we suppose that whatever here is gone now. Thanks, Ashley from Virginia. What do you think about the TV? Well, I want to know what type of TV it is. Okay. That's my question. Because at this day and age, with smart TVs and technologically advanced TVs, there are ways of turning them on without remotes. You can do it with your cell phone. A neighbor can do it with their cell phone if they know what they're doing. Um, Especially in an apartment building. Okay. Um, So there's ways of doing that. Um, here's the thing with this, because I was, I was thinking of a couple explanations to some of the things that were going on here, not to debunk it or anything, but to say, well, this could have been the case. Um, the, like the, the things moving around the kitchen, um, or, or coming home to things that have been moved around the kitchen or around the house that they did not do, um, but they're not actually witnessing moving. I don't know. I lived in an apartment for several years, too several apartments in many different places and there were some apartments I lived in where the landlord would just come and go sometimes and 
they would, and they're required to let you know, but not all landlords are all that on the up and up. Yeah. And I would know if they had to come in and like, oh, I went in and fixed this or that. It's like, well, you're supposed to let me know if you're coming in, to fi- even to fix something. You are required to give a notice, but many of them don't. So, depending on that, you could have a landlord that was just in your house having a glass of milk or whatever and forgetting and leaving. Um, but I don't think the landlord is manifesting itself as a woman crying in the middle of the night. No, I don't think so either. So that's where I, I go back to. There is something paranormal going on here. I think the TV would have freaked me out completely. Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, to know that you went and just turned that off and then it turned itself back on. And it keeps coming back on. It could be a glitch. I mean, if it if it stopped with that TV... Okay, well, that kind of makes me think it may be the TV if none of the other things had happened. Yeah. But the other things are going on, so that makes me think, no, it was more so something paranormal. But, like, with, we have the, the, the Chromecast thing on a lot of our TVs. And when I... It, I can turn the TVs on just using my phone if I press play Netflix on living room TV. Uh-huh. Um, and I've done that before and accidentally turned TVs on in the wrong rooms of the house. So had you... I could freak somebody out if they don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, suddenly you TVs could. start going on in the middle of the night. You know, it could happen. Um, and with that being said, those sort of things can happen by other means as well, depending on what the technology is on the TV. So older TVs, now there's... That's where it gets really creepy because those didn't necessarily... Those weren't that easy to manipulate in that fashion. And see, that's where my mind went, was that the ghost knew how to operate an older TV, mm-hmm. but the newer TV just decided, uh, I don't I don't know. I think it probably depends when you die. Sure. You know, and, and what the technology was. Because the newer TVs, I think, are probably the easiest to manipulate. There's so many ways to manipulate them. Um, and the older TVs, not so much. But I mean, the creepiest stories are when they, you know, the TV's unplugged and it's still going for long periods of time, <laughs> which yeah. can happen for a few seconds. But we've had stories where it's like, oh, the TV kept running for a half hour. Yeah. They can't run for a half hour without some sort of energy source. So uh, there's something going on there. Yeah. Definitely. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Thank you for subscribing if you've already done that. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so. And ensure uh, you get to all the future episodes of our show. We do the show year-round. 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hey, how you doing, Tony and Jen? Um, my name is Mr. Inevitable. I'm calling from out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You probably see me on a couple of your videos commenting from time to time. Um, um, so I'm finally getting around to calling you guys with my story. Um, I'm going to try to make this quick as possible because I don't want to, you know, drag on and seem boring or anything like this. So I was uh, pretty much born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the southwest part of the city. I uh, grew up on a street called Springfield Avenue. Um, I lived in this house, of course, you know, typical story. Who doesn't live in a house? I lived in this uh, house, and I can just tell you that one of my earliest memories of, you know, just being in this house, or I guess just being alive, is me having, I guess, what some would consider an out-of-body experience. I'm looking at my body in the third-person view above 
my, I guess, physical body. And this is like a very early memory. I was probably about five, six years old because my mom was helping me get ready uh, for school. I used to go to Christian Academy, Evelyn Graves Christian Academy, literally right around the corner. I forget what avenue that was on. Ah, I forget the name of the street. But anyway, I literally went to there and I had this memory and not a memory. I just remember seeing myself looking at myself and my mom smiling and, you know, being happy, like as a kid would be ready to go to school and be psyched up and, you know, anxious. And I just felt that was strange that like, that can't, that's me. So why am I like, like, why am I doing something completely separate to what I'm doing right now, which is looking at myself in the third person point of view. So, you know, that, that was like my earliest memory that comes and goes. Um, Another thing that happened at that house was a growing, like, we had, like, a get-together the night before for family and friends, you know, like, one of those cookout get-together things. And, you know, again, I'm sorry. I like to apologize in advance um, if my stories seem kind of, you know, out there. I'm not the greatest storyteller ever, but I'm just trying to tell you guys uh, personal events that literally happened to me. So the night before, you know, yada, 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 there was a, like, little cookout, family get-together, everybody's eating, everybody's drinking, all the grown-ups are drinking, of course. So then everybody goes to sleep. I wake up, as any other kid would do, and I'm about to go to the bathroom. I've noticed that a lot of the family members that were here the night before, they already left, or some of them are just sleeping. I guess their hangovers off or whatever. So as I'm going to the bathroom, I hear a noise come from the vent, like one of the heat vents that you find in your house. Uh, I get closer to it, and I actually can hear voices coming out these vents. It was five distinct voices, and they all had, like, you know, their own type of pitch. So it wasn't like it was a generic same voice of somebody trying to scare me. And I also wanted to make sure that, you know, nobody was in the house trying to scare me. And the house was completely, you know, quiet. It's like nobody was upstairs. You would have heard a TV on. That's how, like, quiet the house was. Um, you know, so I'm listening over there. I hear, like, a robotic voice that makes beeps. I hear, like, a child's voice. I hear a woman's voice. I hear a man's voice. And then I hear, like, a monstrous voice. The monstrous voice kind of freaked me out because I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, like, they hear that and they're not freaking out. And, you know, they're kind of like, I guess it seems like it's normal to them, but they hear a monstrous voice. Like, it, it, these are voices I'm hearing. And I don't mean to sound crazy, but it's true. So then I remember, I don't remember the dialogue so much between the man and the female, but you can tell, like, it seemed like they were all in the same room together, you know? So I hear the robot make a bunch of beeps and noises, almost sounding like the R2-D2 from Star Wars, but not exactly. And this is before I even got into Star Wars and stuff like that. Like, even now, like, I like Star Wars, but I'm not, like, the hugest fan to always make references and stuff like that to characters from the series. Uh, I heard, like, a robot that sounded like R2-D2, but not quite as exactly. And then when it was done beeping, the boy seemed like I guess he could understand it and he responded back to it saying like oh that's not good and the next thing you know I hear the monstrous voice again and then that's at that point I'm just like hey shut up you know I literally like got the ball to go hey shut up and as I do that the noise literally just stopped and it freaked me out you know and so this day I, I, I try to ask my ex-girlfriend which is a funny story because she's a Wiccan so I have more stories to tell about that relationship you know, about her Wiccan and how much it probably played a part into my second house, not the one that I'm currently telling you about. Um, so then I guess that's it for right now. I don't want to keep dragging on. I will call you guys in later on about uh, more stories. Uh, I love the show. I love it so much. I really do appreciate that you guys do this for people like us, for us to get our real stories across to you guys and to the world. 
and I look forward to seeing the next show, regardless or not if I am on, you know, a part of the the show at one point or another. Anyway, uh, again, thanks so much for listening to me, guys. Uh, I love you guys. Tony and Jen, you're awesome. Have a good one. Thanks for calling and sharing your story. It's interesting how sometimes you can stop the haunting or the paranormal activity simply by going, hey, shut up. Yeah. And it just does it. It's like, okay, sorry, didn't mean to freak you out. Just trying to be a ghost, but somebody's got a problem with me being a ghost. Me talking to my R2D2 friend over here and everything. and So this was coming through the computer? No, this was coming through the vent. Like okay. The, the floor vent, I'm assuming, or the heat vent. Okay. So kind of overhearing this from a different room, but everybody's asleep, so there shouldn't be anybody. There shouldn't be an R2D2 coming no. through the vent. And I know he made it clear that it wasn't exactly sure. like R2D2, but... Computer-esque... 1970s right. computer sounds, essentially, sure. is what he's referring to. That and people talking to it and communicating with it. That's... It's like the Jetsons are in his floor <laughs> vent. <laughs> it's the ghost of the Jetsons. Yeah. His son, Elroy. Elroy, right? His Elroy. son, Elroy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I used to watch that in the morning with my cereal <laughs> when I was a kid. I even reruns. It was uh, Captain Kangaroo. Uh, Jetsons were on sometimes as well. Um, sometimes the Cosby Cosby had something on too. It wasn't the Cosby Kids? It was like Bill Cosby. Um, I think it was. It might have been part of the Captain Kangaroo program or something that was like a quick little like two minute snippet. It was uh, a pen that made real funky noises. Uh, oh. God, I can't think of what it was called. Someone's gonna post on this one. I know. <laughs> It was like Wonder Pen or something. It And it was this stupid little thing. And the pen made this real squiggly computer, 1970s computer-esque sound. Okay. And he like connected the dots. And I don't know if you could like play along at home if you got like the coloring book at, you know, Prangy Way or something. But uh, it was like a play at home, connect the dots. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I got for that tangent. The Jetsons. That's how I got there. Okay. The Jetsons aren't on anymore. No. They're not like in reruns. That was a great show. Yeah. I love the Jetsons. 855-853. I could see that coming back as a revival of some sort. Didn't they try that in the 90s? Kind of. Did they make a Jetsons movie? I think there was in the 90s. Okay. But I could see like all that stuff is coming back uh-huh. again. Like that. Make, like Flintstones made a revival too around that in the 90s. I could see the Jetsons coming back again as something new. I like Just the because Jetsons. that, you know, the... the Postmodern, the '60s kind of what word am I looking for? Mid-century, mid-century modern feel mm-hmm. is so big, and that's kind of how the Jetsons lived. Yeah. Yeah. So eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Veronica writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm Veronica writing to you from London here in the UK. I have a Ouija board story for you. Back in the late 1980s, a couple of old school pals and I went to holiday uh, right at the coast of Spain. Uh, this uh, is an area and uh, still is a party destination for UK holiday makers. And I can't say the name of the town, so I'm just kind of <laughs> brushing over it. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, that's how I do that. Uh, we were in our mid to late 20s at the time of our holiday and looking forward to the week's worth of doing what you do in this area. One of my school pals, Sandy, brought her friend Mo and two others on the holiday. Uh, I was introduced to Mo and got talking to her. Turned out that Mo dabbled a bit with the Palmentero readings and was convinced she had psychic powers. 
I thought that was interesting, but didn't give it too much more thought, as I couldn't see how that would affect or be part of our holiday. I was wrong. My friend Maz and I shared one room. The others were in the room next door. One evening, we were getting ready to go out. Got to about 11 o'clock, and there was no sign of anyone from next door being ready. Maz said she'd knock next door to find out what was going on. She was gone for 10 minutes, so I thought I'd go and investigate. Knocked on the door, and Maz answered. She said to be as quiet as Mo was in the middle of a Ouija board session. She made a board with the letters A to Z, numbers 0 through 9, and the words yes and no and hello and goodbye, cut out on bits of paper and laid in a circle. They were using one of the glasses from the bathroom as a planchette. Mo had contacted her usual guide, a spirit called Latin, and was questioning him. I was scared and refused to join in the circle, but rather than be on my own next door, I stayed to watch. Well, the questions went on and eventually became silly. Things like, what color underwear is so-and-so wearing? What did so-and-so have for breakfast? And trivial things like that. Eventually, Sandy said she was bored and couldn't think uh, of any good questions. I know, said Mo. Everyone, get their, head, get their hand on the glass. The room fell silent as Mo said, Latin, is there anything you'd like to ask me for a change? I swear you could feel the room get cold as Latin gave the following answer. Do you want me to approach? This answer prompted some nervous laughter and mutterings of, can you imagine if that happened? And that would be a bit weird. And what have you? But they didn't take their hands from the glass, which slowly started to move to the numbers on the board. Nine, eight, seven, six, five... Four. As the glass reached three, two things happened. I suddenly realized what was about to happen, and so did Sandy. As I ran across the room to the circle, Sandy grabbed the glass and threw it on the floor where it shattered. What'd you do that for? shouted Mo. Sandy looked at me and said, Veronica knows why. We were just seconds away from Latin appearing to us in the room. I nodded and Mo screamed. She became hysterical and the other members of the circle were either frozen with fear or crying. It took ages to calm everyone down, and it was horrible. We didn't go out that night, but stayed in drinking and trying to recover from the sh- All in all, we had a good holiday, but that Ouija experience almost spoiled the whole thing. It stayed with me since, and I'm even scared now while writing this letter to you. I would never go anywhere near a Ouija board. It's just not worth it. Thank you for reading my story, and thank you for the wonderful show. Very best wishes to you and everyone in the community of listeners, Veronica. How bad would that story have been if it had shown up? It wouldn't have been written because it'd all be dead. Think so? No, I don't. I think <laughs> I think it just would have been like, well, and it showed up, and or, or something happened, you know, like a door slam. I don't know that it would have manifested itself, you know, in like a physical form, but I think something would have happened. Yeah. You know, and it would have been, it would have been a, a level creepier. It almost, it, it's almost one of those where not knowing what would have happened makes it worse. Yeah. Because it's like, and then the door slammed and that was it. It's like, oh, uh, really? Because now you're, we were left thinking, oh, it would have shown up and killed every, you know, whatever, you know, it, it could be much worse. Could be, you know, it's, it's the not knowing. Yeah, not knowing is always way worse than even the worst outcome. Exactly. So, oh, it was a good good Ouija story. Yeah, I liked it. Or as, as someone pointed out, I guess it's also Ouija, 
There's different ways of uh, we of pronouncing it. Apparently, okay. I say Ouija. Me too. That's how I've always said it. I think it's it, the vernacular just kind of depends on where you are in the country. I wonder how Canadians say it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I could attempt. Uh, I was talking to some Canadians today, and it was almost difficult to understand. I mean, I talk to Canadians a lot because I do a lot of commercials in Canada for people, but these Canadians were really hard to understand. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't even think of exactly where they are. But I was uh, going to ask, are the accents... It varies. Like, it varies, kind of like in the States? Yeah, it's just okay. like in the States. There's different areas have a different uh, strongness to the accent. I mean, you get you know into some areas where it gets to be kind of French. You get to some areas where it's almost Minnesotan, but like worse. Okay. Um, and then there's this kind of... For a lack of a better term, just the Canadian accent, where it doesn't sound like northern Michigan or or Wisconsin or Minnesota, and it's just that that abootness, for a lack of a better term. And <laughs> okay. I, I love Canadians; they're some of the most friendly people on earth. Um, but everything has that that strong abootness to it, and I can't emulate it, or it gets difficult okay. for to understand if you're not used to it. Um, anyway, that's my, I love Canadians. It's just, and it, to me, it's such a friendly sound too, because it's it kind of reminds me of Wisconsin, you know, so, and they're just nice people. So we love you in Canada. <laughs> Linda writes in for my son's sixth birthday, myself and my husband decided uh, we would use a family caravan to take him to Wales for the week so he could have a flying lesson, uh, at an airport. My husband and I agreed <laughs> what? I know. It says the airport's name there. Exactly. And I can't pronounce it, so I'm just going <laughs> at an airport. <laughs> I'm protecting this airport's name. Oh, okay. That's what it Names is. of airports are changed to protect the innocent airports. My husband and I agreed we would leave in the small hours of the morning after he had finished work on a Friday night so people would not see us loading suitcases in the car and... Uh, promoting the uh, house that would be empty. About 2 a.m., we packed up the car and headed off to Wales. Bear in mind, there was very little traffic on the road at the time, and once we got onto the motorway, it was very dark and quite dead. We approached a huge roundabout, and as I looked out the window, a scary-looking, well-built, tall man with a bald head, black jacket, and jeans carrying a large black bag was standing at the side of the road, seeming to be a hitchhiker. He stared me out as the car went uh, around the roundabout. I said to my husband, who was driving, Oh, God, you wouldn't let him in your car, would you? I turned to my husband. He said, Who? I was... It was only a split second. I turned back to show him, and there was no one there. I made my husband go back around to see if we could see him again, but there were no cars on the road and an open field behind where he was standing. Where could he have possibly gone, I thought. I telephoned my dad at 3 a.m. and got him out of bed thinking there was a bad, it was a bad omen, but he told me to just enjoy the break and forget about it. I still think it was very eerie. I know I wasn't seeing things. He st- stared me out. Plus, I could describe him and what he had on very clearly. It still freaks me out. Thanks for listening to my story. Love the show. I bet that was the exact last thing she expected her husband to say, you know? Yeah, because she's just thinking, yeah, it's a creepy hitchhiker. Right. 
I wonder what the dad was thinking when he gets the call from the daughter at 3 a.m. going, Yeah, creepy hitchhiker ghost man. Dad. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't quite like that. But, no. You know, but uh, I don't know how I would handle that as a parent. I think I would be a little paranoid. I mean, just if your daughter is thinking it's an omen of some sort, I think I'd be a little paranoid until she got back safe. Do you remember when we were little kids, there was this show on, and it came, I remember it came on after I was supposed to go to bed, called, I think it was called Hitchhiker or something like that, and it had... Highway to Heaven? No, (laughs) definitely not Highway to Heaven, but it had like the creepiest theme song. No. It used to terrify me. It did. No, I'm usually pretty up on creepy theme songs, and I can't think, I don't know of Hitchhiker. Are you sure it was called Hitchhiker? I'm not sure it was called that. I need to Google that and see if I can find it. It was... Just I can still hear it in my head. It terrified me. You got to find that because yeah. the creepiest show I can think of when we were kids that had creepy music was Unsolved Mysteries. This had Unsolved Mysteries beat in my mind as far as really the creepiness of the theme song. Hmm. I remember uh, Tales from the Crypt was kind of a creepy one too. Yeah, but we were older. This this I remember. This was so. I must have been. I don't even remember my brother being around. I must have been four or five. Okay. If you find it, don't play it into the microphone because we're going to get flagged for playing copywritten material. But uh, I won't. But I do want to hear it off the air, and then if you find out what the name of the show is for sure, then we can have our parent or our parents. Our parents will find it too. But our our listeners. I don't know why I was saying (laughs) our parents are. Mom and dad are the only listeners to the show. All thirteen thousand of them. Uh, Joel writes in jackpot. Finally. After years of trying to experience something paranormal, I have my own story. It was just last night. My wife and I went to see the movie Annabelle, uh, and I went out to eat. Uh, out to eat, then... To, oh, I see. Went to see the movie Annabelle, then went out to eat to do a little ghost hunting. Wow, that's one hell of a date. So they go out to eat, see the movie, and do ghost hunting. Isn't that awesome? Wow. They got our date nights beat. We, we do the movie and the, the, uh, the shopping a little bit. It's the hitchhiker. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I have to listen to that one. Continuing on, it says, We hit a local graveyard around 10 p.m., taking a few pictures. Nothing showing up at all. We're heading towards my truck to leave a little disappointed. Once more, from seeing or feeling nothing, I said uh, out loud as we uh, were walking back, Goodbye. I hope you're all resting in peace. Maybe you'll do something for me next time. As soon as I finished saying that, the interior light of my truck turned on. No other light came on, just the interior. This is significant because if you open a door, the tail lights and fog lights along with the interior lights come on. If you hit the unlock button for the doors, the interior lights will come on. But again, so will the other lights. Also, my keys were still in the ignition. The timing of the lights coming on was just as I spoke to any spirits that might have been listening the cold chills it gave me make me believe that this very well may have been paranormal. I think it was. I think so, too. I mean, just the timing of it. Yeah, there's no way around that one. I mean, especially, like you were saying, when interior lights turn on, for all the other reasons, there's other things that go on with it. If it's just that, then off or whatever. There's, there's the timing that was right there. Rob writes in, I love the show, guys. I know that some of the stories make people question the authenticity of it. I'm not encouraging everyone to believe everything people tell them, because sometimes you can be convinced or talked into just about anything. Still, there are a few things that happen 
right in front of our faces. When I was a teenager, I was into ghost hunting, but never experienced anything. It was a few years ago when I sold my old camera. I didn't have cash to cover gas and food for a buddy to be the designated driver. And as we left, he asked why I bought the camera in the first place. I told him that I was into ghost hunting and went to haunted locations to take pictures. That's when he opened up to me about things that happen on a daily basis. He told me there were gypsies all over the place. He laughed at my reaction because I thought it was a joke people talked about in the movies. He took me to a place that he had seen a few roam around before, then told me to be aware that things can get crazy. He spotted an old lady and told me she was one. He insisted we go to one of the restaurants with outdoor seating that had a fence around it. I felt like he was joking around and he picked up uh, picked a pricey restaurant, so I thought he was just messing with me to get a good meal. That lady was walking at a slow pace from a pretty far distance. This was when I told my friend he was an asshole for tricking me into going to this restaurant. Well, I was wrong. Eventually, he spotted her and told look at her. The old lady eventually approached us, pretending she didn't speak English, making motions to her mouth that she was hungry. The waitress came outside and told her to leave us alone. This only made the old lady pretend to leave and walk right back to us. This time, she spoke to us, saying, Bus and home. My friend taunted her. He dropped some change and a few dollars on the table and pointed to the numerous gold bracelets she had on her right arm. The waitress and owner came outside and approached her, making it clear that she wasn't welcome there. She went from acting like an old, frail lady to screaming and uh, motioning her arms in a threatening manner at both of them before spitting at the floor as she walked off so fast it was similar to jogging. We both found it amusing. After we finished our meals and made our way to the parking lot, the old lady was standing right behind my friend's car. She was eerily calm as she tapped her finger on the trunk of his car and smiled before pointing directly at my friend and walked away. I thought it was odd, but not impossible for her to have seen where we parked. My friend told me she was up to something. We headed out to a coffee place to meet up with friends to figure out what everyone wanted to do. During the time we waited for our friends to finish their drinks, my friend told me to look at his car, and sure enough, the old lady was standing behind it again. We all decided to hang out at a sports bar to have a few drinks and play games for the evening. When we went to the car, the lady pointed at him again and walked away. My friend was calm. He told me that we're fine for now, but it will get strange later. This time, he parked in valet courtesy of my funds again. We enjoyed the night and obviously didn't have any encounters with the old lady that time. He told me that it's happened to him before, but admittedly still unsure if it was a scam or something that may be supernatural. We drove to the shopping center near where I lived, aside from the gas station and a liquor store, everything else was closed. He parked near one of the stores that had chairs and waited to see if she would show up. It was about 15 minutes we saw her again, walking at the end of the shopping center. He joked about getting in his car and driving a distance, parking then, repeated the process all night, but we both had work the next day. This time, when we walked up to the car, she was pissed, yelling at my friend with her arms flailing, similar to how she reacted to the waitress and owner at the restaurant earlier. He gave her $20 and told her to stop following him. This time, she walked away and didn't point at him or touch his car. We only talked briefly about this before he dropped me off at my house. 
and he said some strange things have happened to him regarding those gypsies, but they're always resolved with money. That was the first time I had noticed a gypsy. Since then, I've seen several more, and you can tell because they wear lots of gold but cover it up with their clothing. We never did see that old lady again. I'm not sure if anyone else may have had similar experiences. Thanks for your time, and keep making more fun episodes. That's so strange. She just kept showing up. It's like she had some sort of supernatural power. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she was a ghost, but I'm saying she, I, I don't know. Do you think she was a ghost? I'm thinking she tapped into some sort of thing that allowed her to do what she was doing. I don't know. Um, I'm just on the side of it wasn't normal. <laughs> yeah, it was not normal at all. It'd be no. interesting to see what some people's insights are on the, the gypsy situation there. If someone wants to start a thread on that on our message board, it'd be really interesting to get some insight there. Yes? Do you want to hear it? What? The song. We can't play it on the show. I know we can't. Do I want it? Yes, I want to hear it, but we can't play it right now. I know, but if we stop, I can play it for you, and then you can tell everybody how creepy it is. Okay, let's press pause. Here we go. <laughs> pause. And unpause. Okay, we listen to the uh, the Hitchhiker. It's pretty creepy. Not quite as creepy as Unsolved Mysteries, in my opinion, but it's up there. I don't think I saw Unsolved Mysteries till I was older. Is I was pre-teens, I think. Eerie train whistle in that. Yeah, that that is kind of creepy. I I know. I think the I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the four year old version of me would have also found that very creepy at the time. Yeah. It has the the futuristic sounds of the 1980s in there, where it's like ooh technology, and there's some some <laughs> creepy synthesizer in there. I hated it. Whenever I heard that come on, I would yeah. hide under the covers. I want to see. I, I want to see the show now. I want to see what it's about. Yeah, I do too. It looks like it was an HBO show. Uh huh. I wonder if it was creepier. If it's like one season, or I don't know. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. Yeah. The Hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. Let's check <laughs> that out. We didn't have HBO though either. You did. So, didn't you? Yeah, my parents did, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, okay, I'll check that out. Let's go to the caller, 855-853-4802. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, my name's Luke. I'm from Minnesota. I actually called in a couple of weeks ago. I had a, I uh, shared my experience with the uh, old hag attack with the uh, poem. And I have another story I'd like to share. Uh, this one involves my grandmother, actually. Um, my the grandmother on my father's side. Um, unfortunately, she passed away when I was only a few weeks old, so I never got a chance to get to know her, but um, both of my parents actually told me the story about her at different times, and it's a strange story that I think is worth sharing on your, on your show. This would have been in, um, by my calculations, the late 30s or early 40s. My parents, or my grandparents, actually lived in Minneapolis in a duplex, and they were driving home one night after dark, and all of a sudden my grandma said, or uh, pointed to a park bench, and said, hey, there's uh, Charlie from downstairs. Pull over and give him a ride. And my grandfather looked and said, uh, there's nobody there. So she's like, no, he's there. He's like, no, there's nobody there. So they kept driving, and a little later, uh, my grandmother, uh, saw Charlie from downstairs standing on a street corner and pointed him, pointed to him and said, uh, hey, there he is again. Now pull over and give him a ride. My grandfather's like, um, there's nobody there. So 
kept driving. And one more time, she saw him walking down the street along the side of the street. And she's like, no, there he is again. He's trying to get home. I'll pull over and give him a ride this time. My grandfather looked and didn't see anybody and just said, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nobody there. So, you know, I'm sure by this point, uh, you know, she was probably getting frustrated thinking he just was, you know, being lazy or just not wanting to help out. And he was probably thinking, like, you know, what's going on with her? Why is she, why does she keep seeing Charlie when he's not there? Well, they went home and uh, I guess we're in bed and my grandfather was asleep and she was awake when she saw a figure come into the room, kind of glide across the room and stand at the foot of the bed. Completely black, dressed all in black, and it just said, death is coming to this house. And then just receded back into the wall. She always called it the angel of death. And a few minutes later, or just a little bit later, they received notification that Charlie from downstairs had passed away. And uh, so that's the story as I was told it. Um, obviously, I can't verify it. This is third party, but from whether or not, as for whether or not I believe it's real, all I'll say is this. From everything anybody ever told me about her, I absolutely do not believe that she made it up. She was apparently a very honest woman, <laughs> wouldn't lie about something like that. So I absolutely believe that she believed it. And I also don't believe that she was mentally ill or anything like that. There's, there's no indication of that. So I guess take that for what it's worth. Um, that's the story. And before I hang up, i just like to say really quickly, I've just become an EPP. Um, I really enjoy your show. So... I'm uh, very entertained by it and want to support it, and it's to me it's worth it for the extra episode. So, thank you. Bye. Thank you for the uh, added support there. We greatly appreciate you putting some wind in our sails and keeping our show alive. You can also become an EPP if you want to support the show through the website realghoststoriesonline.com. Well, it's pretty common, though. I mean, there's a lot of people in Minnesota. The Grim Reaper visits a lot of people in Minnesota, going door to door, going, "Death will come to this house," and. <laughs> it's like trick-or-treating year-round, except it's the Grim Reaper. The yeah. I, I mean, that's creepy. It's very creepy, but, you know, it sounds like it was one of those very honest people that told the story, you know? I mean, why would you make that up? Yeah. Um, or it was a murderer that showed up that killed the neighbor um, and was just, you know, letting them know, I'm going to kill your neighbor. He didn't say how the neighbor died, did he? I didn't catch that. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. That's just messed up. Literally, like the Grim Reaper showing up, saying that to someone. Uh, I, uh, creepy. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the support of the show. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate that. Phone number is 855-853-4802 to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm calling from Ocala, Florida, and I wanted to tell you about experience I had visiting my family in New Orleans. Um, my uncle was in a band at the time, and we we went to his band practice, and it was in this old abandoned hotel, and I guess a lot of bands used it as practice. And we're in one of the rooms, and we're waiting on one of their band members to show up. He was running late, and we're all just kind of hanging around, you know, talking, and I see the door open. 
and you know the light from the hallway shows through the door and this guy walks in and he had shoulder length hair you know he had his head kind of down and he turned left as soon as he got in the room which is where they kept their storage and their you know where they put their jackets and and everything he goes in there and he never comes back out and i'm like oh okay he's here they can start now finally and my uncle gets a text and he says oh joe's not going to make it to practice and no one ever came out of that room. And to this day, I can tell you exactly what that man looked like. No one else saw him. No one else saw the door open. Uh, so that kind of freaked me out a little bit. <clears throat> and then that night, we get back to my aunt and uncle's house. And I'm sleeping out in the living room. And their house is kind of older. It's got, like, the big heavy doors, you know, that it takes some oomph to open, takes some muscle. And you can definitely hear the doors when they open and close. Um, and I'm laying in on the couch, I'm watching TV, and I hear this little girl run like full speed down the hallway and she's giggling. And she opens a door and slams it. And I'm like, who the heck is opening that door because everybody else is asleep? No one else came out of their room. Like it's, it's something that everyone in the house should have heard. No one else, came out of their room and then you know when I'm trying to figure out what happened it happens again somebody runs down the hallway you can hear the footsteps the giggling and then another door opens and shuts and it was like somebody was running back and forth between rooms just opening and slamming doors no one heard anything no one woke up <clears throat> and I thought I was going crazy so I told them about it in the morning and they're like oh yeah you know, we've we've heard things here before, and I guess like in their backyard, they hear children laughing and playing all the time. And there's never any children in the backyard ever. They've even found a footprint of water that's like the footprint of a small child, and they don't have any small children in their home. Um, and then it's like, okay, that's <laughs> freaks me out. I'm sleeping here. And then that day we decided to go to the quarter, uh, the French quarter, and we're in Madame Laveau's gift shop. And I walk in and, you know, it's kind of a creepy place, but it's touristy. But there's this um, sign on the wall, you know, and it says something like, don't touch this area or you'll be cursed, you know, all kinds of stuff. But they also have two displays um, in the store. And one display is full of like what looks like African masks and the other is Madame Laveau's desk and it has like some of her paperwork and I don't know like artifacts and it's just kind of neat to look at and I noticed the guy standing in the back he was working in the store he just kept staring at me the whole time I kind of shrugged it off you know but it was like a super intense staring and he would not look away I'm trying to ignore him and I'm looking at this exhibit of her desk and I'm just kind of fascinated you know by all these things on it and all of a sudden, I feel this really cold hand grab my ankle and slide up my leg. And I look down at the ground, and there was nothing there. And I look over at the guy, and he's smiling at me. And it was the creepiest smile anyone's ever given me in my life. And I don't know what that was, but there is, there is definitely no one there. And I felt like the fingers grip around my leg and the pressure of the hand slide up my leg. 
So I ran out of there and I never went back. And I don't know what any of that was, but to this day, like, I still, I still wonder what happened in my aunt and uncle's house. And I wonder what the heck grabbed my leg in Madame Laveau's shop. So that's my story. And I love you guys and I love your show. Keep going. And um, that's all. Bye. Okay, so the guy in the shop, do you think he knew something was going to happen or do you think he just enjoyed watching whatever happened or do you think his mind controlled what happened? I have no idea. I don't either. You think his mind controlled what happened? Well, the way he was staring so intense. Yeah. That's creepy Mm -hmm. to think of that. Like he is in with the supernatural? Yeah. I mean, because she said it was so intense that, you know, almost like he was concentrating on making something happen. I could see that being somewhat of the case. He's involved somehow. Yeah. As far as how or where or what, I don't know. But he's somehow in that mix of whatever the hell was going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, creepy story. Thank you for calling and sharing it with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you uh, are not an EPP yet, please consider becoming one. That's what keeps our show alive. If you want the show to continue onward, uh, we need you to be an EPP. So please sign up to be one. You get an extra episode of the week sent to, extra episode sent to you every single week. Equals to about 52 extra episodes a year. And you get exclusive access to all sorts of things way before anybody else. uh, Including uh, that uh, short film we just did, Spirits in the Air, about the haunted airport. So lots of extras there as a thank you for supporting the show. You can do it at the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Or even give the gift of ghosts and gift an EPP membership this year to to someone for the holidays. Check that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. So, until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.